Welcome to My Creative Corner, a podcast about quilting, my creative journey, and life in a northern town. Today is the beginning of October, and I just finished ironing up a queen-size quilt that one of my 90-year-old customers made. It is a fearlessly pieced, I want to say it's a um, 1930s reproduction fabric, and I'm not sure of the pattern name. It kind of looks like what we would call a jack-in-the-pulpit. I'm going to have to do some more follow-up on that. I will post it on the blog with show notes. It's really an amazing quilt, and she's quite an amazing lady. I think that quilting has helped her through a lot of her illnesses, and it gives her lots of things to do and play with some really, really pretty fabrics that she has in her collection. I've done a few of her quilts over the last few years that I have long-armed for other people, and I'm always amazed at some of the most creative things that she has done. gives me a lot of hope that when I'm in my 90s, I can still quilt. She picks fabulous colors, and her stitching is impeccably perfect. Sitting here drinking coffee in my home, and I'm looking around and realized I haven't really explained um, my home to you. I live in a house that's probably 110 years old. It's a farmhouse, but it was not built as an expensive home. It has a lot of rugged pine trim. It was not top of the line when it was made. It was a working farmhouse. I had the pleasure of talking to the woman who grew up in this house. She was in her 90s and lived next door. My parents owned the home before me, and they knew more of the history. In fact, it was a dairy, and there was no indoor plumbing. It was a pump sink and an outhouse. There were fruit trees out in the backyard, and in the big space behind my house that is currently a parking lot for the private school in town was where the barn sat. Well, eventually the city limits um, expanded and this house was in the city. They outlawed outhouses and you had to have working plumbing. So they built an addition over the storm cellar entrance, what we call the storm cellar or root cellar in Michigan. They're the ones that look like uh, doors on the Wizard of Oz where Dorothy was running to try to get away from the tornado and she pulled open the root cellar um, doors that were on an angle and went into the basement. I have one of those basements. It's about 14 feet deep. It's hand dug. It was lined with rocks. It's called the Michigan basement around here. Eventually it was skim coated with cement and had a concrete floor put in. But there's a space where people have tried to make it modern over time by adding shelves or a little office. There's no window, so I don't have anything down there but my laundry, storage, and mechanicals. Going up and down the root cellar stairs is a challenge, let me tell you. They're all different depths because they were hand dug. The landing area was mud until my dad uh, put in a concrete, and that addition sits over a crawl space. So my house has a lot of uh, what we call character you walk into the addition spot, which is now a kitchen, down a funky hallway with several steps to the one little tiny bathroom in this house. And then you walk in to the main part of the house off the kitchen, and you'll see that there is a four-room 
downstairs with a steep staircase that goes up to a, what we call a half story upstairs. We have two bedrooms upstairs with slanted roof lines, so they're kind of unusual in bed placement. And the long arm is upstairs in my bedroom. Downstairs, I sew at the dining room table, and across from that dining room is a little bedroom. In the little bedroom, I have an actual tool bench that I use for all of my work, holding all of my rulers and scissors. I use it to hold my cutting mats, my ironing board. I have my great-grandmother's treadle sewing machine in there. And then I have a corner desk, which is a catch-all. The room is usually in a state of semi-chaos. I have a front porch on this house that was enclosed because we have six to seven months of winter here. And enclosing it with all the glass has made it super hot in the summer or super cold in the winter. So there is a heating and cooling vent out there, but I use it mostly as a storage for my quilts and totes. I have it set up as a reading nook and I have a really old fashioned Queen Anne curved back couch out there, but it's just uncomfortable to use. The rest of my house does have a lot of family pieces in it, like a curved, china, curved glass china cabinet and buffet in the dining room, but I'm starting to make things a little more modern. I have lived in this old house since year 2000, and before that, a Victoriano was humongously popular, and I'm ready for clean lines and simple furnishings. And that's what I've done with the main dining area or the main living area. We have it set up with modern TV, uh, some Ikea black furniture. We put new carpet in that's taupe. The house is painted white on the inside because of the lots of small rooms with tall ceilings. And that's how I'm going to go with the rest of the house as time goes by. I say all of that because it's interesting living in an old house because it was never designed for modern living. It was never designed for the air conditioning and heating HVAC system we have in it. It was never designed for the dishwasher I have in it. It was never designed for all the electronics that run in it. It's been modernized and updated over time, but every once in a while I find things that remind me I live in an old house. Recently, I had to replace my cordless iron and my husband was going down to the big city and he found a Rowenta that I really wanted and he bought it. But there's only one outlet in my sewing room that I can plug it in so that it doesn't draw so much power that it flips the circuit in the breaker box downstairs for other parts of the house. So I had to rearrange the sewing room. I really like the Rowenta. It is a steamy, steamy iron and it gets super hot, which is exactly what I like. I'm a steamer and starch my quilts and I just really, really like it. So what am I currently working on? Well, I am trying to decide how to lay out the 100 blocks that are six and a half inches square of my Tula Pink's City Sampler. I'm not sure what I want to do with it. There's a couple of really cute layouts and I've been looking at fabric, but no decisions have been made on that. I have one more block in Pat Sloan's Secret Garden Block of the Month that just came um, across the internet. I'm going to work on that at some point in October. 
get the top finished, and I hope to have it quilted. She is having a giveaway, so I'd like to have at least the top done so that I could enter the giveaway. The other thing I wanted to tell you I'm working on is my birthday quilt. My birthday was in May, and I turned the big 50. Didn't have any super big plans, but we wound up going away for the weekend for a Highland game and really had a nice time. But I was really kind of, I don't want to say down about it, but it was just one of those moments where you're like, well, I'm not getting any younger. So prior to that, I got my AARP invitation. Um, I stepped on the scales. I've had a few doctor's appointments and my health is pretty good for a 50-year-old woman. But, you know, over the course of time, things like blood pressure, cholesterol, you know, all that stuff that senior citizens seem to talk about all the time. And now I guess I'm a senior citizen since I'm eligible for AARP. I haven't joined yet, but eventually I will succumb. I just know it. It really made me think, you know, I want to make a quilt about my birthday. Something about turning 50 and having an empty nest has made me feel like I can afford to be what I would consider maybe a little self-indulgent. I don't usually make lots of things that are pre-planned completely for myself. I usually buy the fabric and then eventually make a quilt and eventually I keep it because they're like my little children and I can't give too many of them away. This from the beginning was planned as a quilt as a celebration of my 50 years of walking on this earth and I wanted it to be so me. I had a pattern in uh, Quilty Magazine, and it was called Emeralds that Mary Fonz designed and made. And I've seen the video on Fonz and Porter about it. And I thought, I really like that. May is the emerald birthstone. And I have tons of green fabric. I even went so far as I wanted to have 50 greens in it. And I was going to make it a 50 block quilt. Um, it is set on point and... I think I'm going to scale that back a little bit. 50 greens with 50 12-inch blocks on point. Again, makes another queen-size quilt. And I'm not sure I want another queen-size quilt. I have made several. So I think I'm going to make it more of the dimensions that are in the pattern, which is more on a full-size quilt scale, something that can be used in the living room when it's very cold in this drafty 100-year-old house because in the winter months, we keep the thermostat at 65 degrees and the wind comes blowing from the south and it comes right into my seating space. I'm usually bundled up in the winter because turning the heat up is just cost prohibitive. So that's my plan with the emeralds. I'll have several pictures posted on my website, if you want to look at how far I've gotten, I'm probably over halfway there. I have purchased several green fat quarters in my travels over the summer, and I really, really like how this is turning out. It has a Moda Bella white in the facet spaces of the green, and I'm going to set them on point, and I have several pieces of a gray um, textured fabric. And I'll have to look on the selvages to see who made them. I think Moda did. I really like Moda fabric, but I've also fallen in love with several other lines and I'm branching out. So I'm working on the Emeralds quilt. 
I'll be gearing up for the next uh, test patterns that are starting for Quilt Maker 100 block. Um, that will start in October. And then I have the winter to work on things that I have several quilt tops that are mine that need to be quilted. I have a couple of samplers from Orphan Blocks from the Quilt Maker 100 magazines patterns that I've tested that I have plans. I mean, I've got, there's always graduations or weddings or things like that. So I'm going to put a couple of uh, stacks of those orphan blocks together. So I'm ahead of the game in giving quilts for gifts. I have a couple of what we call quilt worthy people in my future who may um, be graduating or weddings that I'd like to give a quilt to. I've been really trying to figure out what big project I'd like to work on next. And I have a quick curve ruler. I made a sample block with that just to get a feel for it. I've done some freehand curved piecing before, and I really like a pattern I have that's po called Pods from the Quick Curve Ruler Company. And I think I'm going to work on that. Some exciting news is one of my quilts my Michigan my Michigan quilt made it to the MQX festival and that got mailed off and if there are any quilters out there who are going to the Springfield show I believe it's October ooh, 12th I'll have to put a link up link up um, if you could take a picture of it and um, post it to quilters which is a Facebook group um, if you'd like to join because you enjoy listening to podcasts and you're a quilter um there will be a place in comments where you could uh, let me know and I could uh, follow up that with an email on how to join. So that has been exciting news for me. On a more personal note, I've been continuing my job in healthcare and there's been a big, always uh, in the fall, there's a big transition. So I may get some changes in work assignments. I'm hoping to stay closer to home as winter months are coming on and we get... Hmm, 180 inches of snow a winter and commuting to some of our offices that are an hour away make it a challenge. I've also developed some health things that have pushed me to really, 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 can I say really enough, want to get to the gym more often, eat healthy, and make my body uh, in much better shape. So far, I've been going to, I, I belong to a gym, and over the summer months, we go twice a week because my husband does Highland Games, and he does a lot of strength training, and then on the weekends, uh, about twice a month, we travel to go to one of these Scottish festivals where he has a competition. Well, I need to go more often, and I need to focus more on cardiac um, health, so working on cardio. I've got my strength up to about 12 to 15 minutes on the elliptical trainer plus a 20 minute workout with um, weight machines and I need to push my cardio longer and try to get to where I'm working out for a full hour. I want to get to where I have a lot less joint pain and my hands are telling me that winter's coming because I have um, um, oh, swollen joints and stuff in my hands. So handwork in the winter doesn't always go well for me. Um, I can do some bindings for a short period of time. And I 
tried to do a lot more um, things like knitting or crocheting, which I always have some things going with that. I'm currently knitting a self-striping cowl. And Joanne's Fabric started a uh, knit along or crochet along today. So I'm going to check that out because I have a few cotton yarns left over. On the yarn report, I joined a block, well, what do you call it? A box of the month being shipped from a local yarn shop. And I have probably eight kits left because the last month is October. And I have a few things I want to do. I want to make a shawl and a pillow and a whole bunch of different things. They're small, quick, pick up, put down projects. And then in October, I'm also expecting to go visit my grandchildren. Um, one is to be born and we're going to spend a couple of weeks helping out with the other children in the home and visiting, hoping that um, there's no hurricanes or bad weather. I can deal with the cold and snow, but flooding and rain and 100 mile an hour winds are kind of not something I'm used to. So I've spent the last couple of weeks talking with our local quilt shop, which literally is only about four houses away from mine. I really try not to go in there all the time because I would be broke. However, she's looking for some teachers. I tried to do a class last winter on the sidekick ruler, which I absolutely adore, and I didn't get anyone to sign up for it. So she's had a couple of inquiries for beginners classes. So in October, I'm going to try two sessions of a beginner's class just to get uh, a series going with a couple of blocks each time. I haven't heard that um, anyone has signed up for it. I mean, it is only September and the classes are going to be in November, but she's going to do a big promotion, I think, in October for this beginner's class. I've also been thinking about, you know, what else could I do? Because I really would like to get some classes going at the shop. And I got listening to other podcasts and thinking about um, trying to get other people interested. So I think I have to do some marketing on it my own. But then I thought, what about kids? What about younger girls, like 8 to 12? There's not a lot of sewing or home economics taught in schools and not a lot of people do as much sewing as I do or even crafting like I do. And I ran that idea by the quilt shop owner. She says she really liked the idea. I thought we'd start out with like basic sewing skills, learn how to sew a pillow, maybe do a placemat or apron, more um, very, very simple. And as the group grows and gets more skills, we could try more complicated things. Like maybe a Saturday might be a good day and have it a couple of times a month with a low fee, kind of approaching it more as a club model. Kind of each class might have a, the bones of a self-contained project or each month would have, you know, a project that could be finished during class time during the two classes a month. I'm going to think about it some more. I got lots of my ideas kicking around in my head, but just wanting to find a way to get um, classes going and beginners seem to be where I need to reach out to. 
there are a lot of people in our community who quilt, but they're all pretty advanced quilters. And I'm not really getting a, a strong feeling that techniques and rulers and different things like that are what they would take a class for. Uh, there's a lot of activity at the quilt shop. And one of the clubs they have is the Quilt of Valor Club. And I really wish I could go, but it's during the daytime hours when I'm working. However, I do support the club by making um, time to long arm a quilt for a veteran. And I just did that. I did a string quilt that they brought to me. It was red, white, and blue with a lot of muslin on it. And I quilted uh, all over feather in a copper and it really turned out well. Another quilt that I long-armed recently was a friend of mine. It was a quilt, a comfort quilt for a cancer patient. They wrote all kinds of notes in the border and I really get emotional doing those. I like to quilt them, but sometimes, you know, the one was kick cancer's ass and I thought, Man, I really like that. I'd like to meet that lady um, because it's such a powerful message. I don't know if the lady um, survived and is going to receive this quilt, but the quilt was finished because so many people who loved her made it for her. And that's a powerful thing. Quilting is comfort. It's love. It's tedious. It's a lot of things, but I love doing it. And I think that as I come across customers and people that I quilt for. It's amazing all of the different types of quilts that they come up with. I haven't done any memorial quilts. I don't know if I could. Um, I've done a few memory quilts like for t-shirt quilts and things like that and those are okay. So creatively I think this winter is going to be a study in color and curves. I want to break away from some of the traditional um, color combos that I've been working with. I've discovered that I really do like K-Facets um, fabrics. I've never seen them before because up in this neck of the woods, primitives and Civil War era stuff was king for so long. I have found a few stores in Michigan that sell these bright colors. And I discovered one of those quilt shops this weekend while I was traveling in the city. And I really, really liked all of these fabulous bright colors. So now I need to figure out how to put this riot of colors together in a fashion that looks good, is appealing to the eye, and doesn't look just too much. I'm kind of afraid the Tula sampler I did has a lot of these colors and solids and a few of these bright and bold prints in them. So now I got to figure out a way to put them together to where they're not um, just too much. So that's going to be my study this winter. Last year, um, I did the 100-day project from January to April through the Arts Council, and I studied more uh, free motion quilting, um, practicing whole cloth quilting ideas, and the whole notion of free form. More of the Carly J. Porter graffiti-style quilting, which I truly love. Um, but I think my focus on long arming this winter is going to be doing, um, I do a lot of edge to edge and free form, but trying to get some more order in some of the projects that I'm doing, like maybe proper border for the traditional quilts and all kinds of sashing stitches and 
but I can't do motifs and I can't use a ruler with my current long arm because I'm left-handed and it's just difficult. So those are my thoughts for the future. And as I sit in uh, my old house here, I'm realizing that there's a few projects I need to do on this too to button it up for the winter. And I think I'll start working on those this week because the weather isn't supposed to be too bad. I want to thank you all for listening to my podcast as I talk about my creative journey. And please leave some comments. Let me know what you think about teaching classes and the idea of working with children, because W.C. Fields always said working with children and dogs is always a show business. No, but this is teaching, so I'm hoping that it'll work out. Have a great day.